Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Ladies and gentlemen, I have some work in progress shows coming up. I'm going to be performing some shows in the Workmen's Club in Dublin alongside some great acts like Fred Cook, Joanne McNally and Julie J. They are going to be on the 7th and the 8th of May. Tickets are only €5. I know the Champions League is on, but sure, we'll be finished before kickoff, I promise, because I'll be watching those matches too. Don't you worry about that. Tickets are available on theworkmansclub.com forward slash events. I'm also going to be playing at the Kilkenny Catlass Festival. I'll be on on the Saturday night on June 1st at Clears alongside Fred Cook again, the amazing Eleanor Tiernan and the legendary Phil Jupiter's tickets are available on thecatlass.com. Come down to Kenny, folks. This week's podcast, comedian and good pal of mine, Garod Farley, has been touring Ireland and the UK for the past decade. You will have seen him in such shows as The Panel, The Blame Game, Meet Your Neighbours, The Savage Eye, and he's also written for The Republic of Telly. His stand-up special was on RTE Radio 1, and this year he is touring Ireland and the UK with his own show, Home Truths. You can purchase tickets to his tour on GerardFarley.com, where you can also download his brilliant podcast, Fascinated. He's a good friend of mine, he's a great comic, and he has a beautiful story. You're going to enjoy this episode, ladies and gentlemen. It's Gerard Farley. You know how to spoil a podcaster, Gerard, let me tell you. We've just come over to Gerard's um, uh, beautiful abode, and I've been treated with the, definitely the best chocolate eclairs I've had in a long time. At last, we're dealing with like the proper issues. Right. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm sick of doing podcasts where they ask you about comedy, and like, no, what we need to get on top of here is that Dublin does not have a good eclair. Really? You can't get a good eclair. Do you reckon you still can't? Because we, we can't name the establishment, but we've had an eclair recently at a certain establishment, and it was a big letdown. Oh, it was a massive letdown. And actually, I think you were the, I actually, I think you paid for it. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I did. And I really, I really felt for you. Yeah. Um, and also, I've had pre- other ones in other places where the chocolate is just this jam that they've dyed brown. Oh, dear. Right, okay. I haven't even had any. So back in the day when, like... I remember being a kid going into the shop, certain shops that sold coffee slices, yes. custard slices, yeah, um, and uh, <laughs> and eclairs, uh, jam. Was it what was it? Uh, cream donuts was was another one that we used to have as well. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Where have they all gone to? I don't know, but I think it's really important that comedians have these at their disposal. <laughs> like if we are to spend our time 
sitting around trying to think of jokes all yeah. day. Like, we need to have nice things. We do, I think. <laughs> and, like, and, and, a, and a cost effective, yeah. good quality eclair is one of them. <laughs> so, yeah, absolutely. I think definitely our, rela- our comedic relationship has been bad for... Uh, our waistline, <laughs> yeah. but it's all been research. You it's l- all been research. Oh, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Have you? You are a big, but you are a man. Into I'm looking up at your bookshelves here. You've got a lot of cookbooks, but specifically bacon as well. Are you a big baker? Yeah, it's it's weird actually. Somebody only said that to me a while ago, about two or three years ago. They were they were looking at the bookshelf and they're like, "Oh, you're obviously really into cooking." And I thought. Um, so you don't even think of yourself? I am like yeah. yeah no I think I am like I, I always when I was growing up I always used to love cooking and baking and people used to always say oh you should become a chef right but I can't actually think of anything I would hate more I would I would hate that really oh I think it'd be I, I just I just think the pressure of somebody going, liking your food your own's a chef wait till you, hear, wait, wait till you taste this and okay like, nah, yeah, yeah. I'll burn it today yeah, no, yeah. I'm still going to burn it yeah. like and I'm not also I don't have that thing the other way People can look at their larder and go, "Oh, I've got this, this, and this. I'll make this." Okay, I, I can't do that. Okay, yeah, yeah. I can't, like I look at Nigella Lawson. You're a recipe and go, I need all of this. And yes. it's like Malden salt. Well, <laughs> I know what I'm doing this afternoon. I'm going to find out what Malden is. <laughs> um, so yeah, like I do. I, I really love cooking. Like Malden is a place in Essex, believe it or not. Is it? Yeah. It's the salt is named after that place. I know uh, because the salt is named. Okay, yes, yeah, so on. Salt, it's 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 the area that it's come from. Now I hope some number is going to be uh, tweeting me later on or Instagram me going. But I'm pretty uh, like I'm ninety nine percent sure that uh, it's the name of the place that it comes from in uh, Essex. Uh, on the coast, Essex has a coastline. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. I'm gonna, anyway, let's say it, let's, let's say, say it, it does, does. Right. Let's say it does. But I know it's <laughs> the uh, sea laps on the shore <laughs> of Malden <laughs> because I used to make coffee for a woman from Malden. Ah, yeah. She taught me that's where the salt comes from. So it's actually the the, the brand of salt that it is. It comes in flakes. Um, so it's Malden sea salt flakes, isn't it? Right. Well, what we're going to do is now we're just going to go through all of the books and all the stuff yeah. I don't understand. Like Harissa, hit me up. <laughs> Harissa is. <laughs> It's a, t- it's a chili, a, is it? Or some sort of paste, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, that <laughs> paste, paste that comes from Harissa is a... Oh, it's like a leaf or... Anyway, but this is turning to... We're doing a cookery <laughs> show now. <laughs> but you like... You love baking specifically, don't you? Yeah, I do. What yeah. is it about I, baking? I, I don't know. I think it's because I love things where there has to be a specific result. Oh. Like th- I think that's the way my brain works. Right. Because I, like, I suppose I used to be a programmer as well. Uh-huh. And it was like, program compiled, no errors, no notifications. Well done, girl. <laughs> Job satisfaction after yeah, that is... Yeah, and right. I think like with bacon, you know, it's either right or it's wrong. It's very true, actually. You yeah. know, there's, there's very little middle ground on a, 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 with bacon. Like, you know, like if you're making a, a, a dinner... Yeah, you know it can be. Yeah, you can go bad or indifferent, but with bacon, it's like, did it rise? Well, there is, is a moist? science to it, isn't there? It yeah, yeah. Because if you don't get it. the measurements of x amount of things, right, that it won't rise or whatever, or you've burnt it. Or, yeah, yeah, I think that's it. Like, and yeah, I don't, I don't bake often enough though because uh, you just destroy yourself because <laughs> bad things happen. Like, <laughs> Look what, what happens this morning. <laughs> I made twelve eclairs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> twelve eclairs for three comedians, <laughs> and and you had to. Uh, you didn't you? You made a cake recently for your family, and that went. There was broken. Oh my god! It's all the dra- poor At last, bacon. Deirdre Farrelly, I'm calling you out. <laughs> <laughs> this is Mother's Day, actually. Oh, yeah, and right, I made yeah. this. I made this Guinness cake for my mom, right? Yeah. Uh, and she threw it on the floor, 
and smashed it to bits. No, she didn't do that, Gero. That's (laughs) that's the story we're putting out there. (laughs) I handed it to her and she picked up another place, I think, to put under. I don't know what was happening. but She wasn't looking as well. We clashed anyway. Like, we we basically knocked the plates out of each other's hands and it went everywhere. And it was the first time you'd made that one, wasn't it? It was the first time I'd made that one, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I reckon it was going to be be grand. (laughs) I reckon I nailed it. Be grand. Put a load of icing over the top (laughs) now she won't see that. (laughs) <laughs> but oh my um goodness. yeah that's um but I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because I, I i think it's really time that she gets called out for that stuff absolutely publicly <laughs> i've been very kind Deirdre. to her <laughs> Poor mother. so bacon on the yeah you're we spoiled us rotten here can, can we put up your eclair recipe at the end of the podcast <laughs> no yeah. you did nail it. let's let's be honest like because damo clark was here earlier on as well you nailed it i you do i did i think i did nail it yeah, yeah but i will say this right and this is the controversial bit. It was Hugh Fernley Whittinghall's recipe. Who's that now? Um, he's a English chef. <laughs> a, a, a tough. <laughs> a tough who bakes. Yeah. And he, he, made, he gave, he, in the recipe, he gives you this, how to make this, the topping, the chocolate topping. Right. And yeah, that was particularly. It tasted like jam. Right. That was dyed brown. Okay. <laughs> that <laughs> so was I poured one. it down the sink and melted a bar of chocolate. I thought that's what happened there. And that's, yeah, there was dairy milk on the top of that, there was, was there? dairy milk on the wow. top of that, yeah. <laughs> okay. So, ladies and gentlemen, Garrod's uh, eclair recipe is going on. It's going to go on social media somewhere. <laughs> it's across all socials. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It'll be on Instagram. And oh, we need to take a picture of one. I've even, ha- I've even had to bag one up to bring one home for the missus. But who knows if that'll make it home. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. You might need sugar rush. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Um, um, so computer programming is what you did. Did you, is that what you did when you first came out? First of all, let's let people know you're a fingless man originally. Fingless, yeah. Whereabouts? Although, although <laughs> this is controversial. Oh, because on more than one occasion when I've gone home, like a neighbour has like stopped me getting out of the car and going, eh, "Excuse me, this is Glass Nevin." Oh, really? <laughs> like, so, cause, because you've been publicly saying that you made your point. You made your point. Wow. <laughs> and that's happened on more than one occasion. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, yeah. Right, right. You see, it's really weird because uh, I think taxi men dictate where you live. Oh. Because <laughs> I grew up thinking I lived in Glasnevin. And then every time you get a taxi, you go, Glasnevin, please. You go, this is Finglas. Okay. So, I always just say, well, look, Finglas is just easier. The borderlines <laughs> are weird. I get the same argument in, in um, living in Dublin 7. People argue... Where it, whether it's Stony Batter or Arbor Hill at certain ah. areas, and actually the border that people think uh, is the border of Arbor Hill and Stony Batter is not, and people have it completely wrong. So you get all these cool heads going, oh, I live in Stony Batter, and it's like, no, you live in Arbor Hill, actually. <laughs> <laughs> because that happened here the week, the first week I moved in, I was like, yeah. Rings End, fantastic. You know, there's yeah. no more ambiguity. Yeah. And then someone was like, is this Rings End or Irish Town? I was oh, like, stop. I don't need stop a conversation it. about this. <laughs> oh my goodness. So you've, you're, you're the eldest of... I'm the eldest of six. Growing uh, up in Glass and Heaven. Yeah. Uh, so uh, there was, um, yeah, I have three uh, sisters, uh, biological sisters, and then my cousin came to live with us when I was 13. Because uh-huh. she was a sister anyway. Like yeah. She she had stayed with us a lot because her, uh, her man passed away. Uh-huh. So uh, four sisters, and then I have a younger brother who's 10 years younger than me. And it's the most chilled out human being. He is. Oh, God, it's ridiculous. Wow. Like, I don't think he's ever had a day's stress in his life. Because really? he's just... What he's does he almost do? Horizontal. For work. He, it's hilarious, actually, because when he left school, right, he said he wanted to be... There was this job that he wanted. It was in... Uh, he's a horticulturalist, is what he does okay. now. But uh, there was a specific job he wanted, and it was in a specific place. And I said, that is ridiculous. 
that is ridiculous. Get out and do something where you can get a job, like earn money. And, yeah, yeah. You know, gave him all of the wrong advice. The older right? brother advice. And uh, he, anyway, he, he did computers for a while and then he went, did what he wanted to do, which is what the advice should be. Yeah. Do what you want to do. And then only about a month ago, he's actually, he's after getting the job. That he actually said. No way that he wants <laughs> yeah, to do in school. Yeah, he got the dream job. Wow. The one person I know that got the dream job. Oh, fair play to him. I know, yeah. So, uh, and I'm so disgusted, how, to be honest. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm so angry, I haven't even been able to text him. <laughs> <laughs> so how long is that after he left school that he's managed that to That is, that? Uh, God, that will be maybe 13 years. Oh my goodness. And he's yeah. happy out. Yeah. So, and he's like delighted with life. And are you doing your dream job now, girl? Because <laughs> we're getting cause really deep, Stephen. Really deep. No, because we got <laughs> we got because um, we have all these chats on the road. Garrod, uh, very kind. I was thinking that today we first met, I think, at the Bray Comedy Festival in two thousand eighteen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where we were on a lineup together, and Garrod very kindly asked me to go and work with him and open up on his uh, for his shows on his national tour, and. Um, yeah, so we've had all these kind of chats. All about, these chats. Because at the Bright County Festival, I remember somebody said, oh, there's, there's uh, two new people, Aoife Dooley and you. Mm. And uh, oh, you should watch them. And I was like... It's Aiken. Another yeah. dog shit open spot. <laughs> 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 That's the last thing I need to be doing. And then I, I watched the two and I thought, you're absolutely deadly. So, and Aoife was amazing as well. Like, yeah, I was like, yeah. oh, they're brilliant. My God, comedy, it saved. It was good fun that night as well. Yeah, it? it was really good fun, yeah. yeah. Um... But am I doing my dream job? I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I, but because well, but part of what I I love our chats and our hangouts because there's a lot of um, when people think I think the general public think of comedians or people who are not involved in this industry at all assume a lot of things about comics. Yeah, um, yeah. Because because they, they, they think one of two extremes. They'll think that like oh it's oh it's great crack and you're out all the time and you love blah 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 blah. Or else they think you're a nut job and you're super depressed all the time <laughs> and you're, you know, you're strung out on drugs or blah, 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 blah. And the reality of what it is, because I'm learning, uh, like, you've been a, a fantastic mentor to me, but, like, traveling around the country with you and working with you has been amazing. But you learn a lot from that. And, like, the, like 90% of it is on the road, isn't it? Like it oh, yeah. Like, 90% of it is... Driving. Survival skills, driving. Yeah. How to keep yourself awake yeah. when you're, like... You've closed yeah. the show and you're leaving wherever you're leaving at yeah. 11 o'clock and you have three hours ahead on the yeah. road. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, a lot of the job is not the job. Yeah. And I've always said, like, the, on my worst days with comedy, I always say, I, I love the job. The, the jury is very much still out on the life. Yes. Because course. I think that the job, it's like, it's the best job in the world to yeah. go to work, get a round of applause. Yeah. Before absolutely. you've done anything. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just I mean, please like, welcome that's job like, satisfaction. Yeah. Excuse me. <laughs> of course. Yeah. Um, like they just call your name and it's like, okay, they're on board. Let's yeah. go. Yeah. Um, and then, but, but then there's all the other stuff. Like, for example, if I wasn't meeting you today and Damo didn't swing in, yeah. it would be just me and the cat yeah. all day replying to emails. Yeah. Or send him photographs. There's something <laughs> intensely depressing about sending photographs of yourself to people. Yeah. Is the worst thing that you have to do. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, or it's a, another yeah, weird part of the job. And it's then, a really weird yeah. part of the job. Like, or post an Instagram photographs of yourself with dates on them and you're like, ah! <laughs> this is horrific. But, you, but we have to, but we have but to it's, do it. Yeah, it's part of the we job. We have to like, do it. To yeah. Kind of go. And it's not the stuff that I. Uh, like I, every so often I have a really intense fantasy about the day that I decide I'm never doing comedy again yeah <laughs> and it's like 
delete all social media. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, all of that sort of stuff. Yeah. Uh, get rid of my website and just, like, I do, I do, do something to think about that. And I, to be honest with you, I don't think that that's something that won't happen. Mm. I, I do think at some point I will go, yeah, yeah, enough now. You've, you've had enough of stand-up. At, so at some point you yeah, think I there's do, a possibility yeah, of that, that happening that, in your that life. that definitely is. And I'm not mm. going to be somebody that will, that will dip in. Right. Like, get a job and then dip in. Like, uh, Gone is gone. Okay, <laughs> you know, because you, you you've been you've been doing it for uh for quite a long time. You just you were telling me that you've like some of the different tours that you do support slot store. You've just finished doing your eighth round of the country, for example, stuff like that. Yeah, um, yeah. So you like you've covered you've covered the country a few times over. You also have amazing gigs. Like you get to we'll, we'll chat to you about that again in in a little bit. But like working with someone like Sarah Milligan is amazing. Playing oh yeah, those big yeah. massive rooms and stuff like that. So you've seen it all. Um. Yeah, that's like I do think that's the interesting thing about where I am because to me I feel I'm kind of frozen a little bit in like the one thing I will say about myself is I I think I'm the best support act in the country. <laughs> you do I, love I, I it as well. Like, yeah, I do love you it. Like love I, I, I do love yeah. that spot. Like um I love doing my own shows, don't get me mm. wrong, but um that's where the majority of my income comes from supporting uh-huh. bigger acts and uh-huh. there's no way to change that and there's no you know that's that's the way the cookie crumbles and that's grand like for um, now Garrod for now, for now but, and, exactly. but the great thing is now that my own dates are starting to sell because oh, when true. I did start to tour myself it was can I afford <laughs> not to earn money for the yeah, time yeah. that I or not to book other gigs yeah. you know while I'm touring myself because I just didn't make any money and yeah. can I afford to have a support act and pay yeah. a deal, you know all that and now it's like actually yeah that's grand that's yeah. they they're self-sufficient now, which is great. Like, um, but I, sorry, we mentioned money now, so I immediately started panicking. Let's pause it here goes, for a second. <laughs> 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 but that's that's another reality of, of the of of the comedian's life that people again another assumption like that they don't realize like that it's a, where you're up there making people laugh but you're stressing out to bits about like yeah oh yeah ticket I mean, sales or how much of you know yeah I mean you. Like, it's very real, like, cause every, there's so much expense involved in comedy. Yeah. And in doing it right, that you're, you have to keep an eye on, you know, like, photos and posters and, you know, Facebook ads and all of that stuff. And then you're like, hold on, even if this gig sells out, like, I'm still down a couple of hundred quid. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> you know, yeah, um, but it's, yeah, I mean, it's it's really interesting. And it's, you have to not lose sight of the fact of how unbelievably lucky you are to, to make a living out of stuff that you write in your notebook on a yeah. bus, like it is crazy. I mean, that's that's a, such a privilege. It's amazing. Like, I mean, the, the fact that you can think of something today and be on stage, like even in a small room, yeah, and say it, and it gets a laugh, and you're like, it's it's like today was a good day. That, yeah, it's, it's that eclair moment, isn't it? It's like, yeah, it, it literally is, is the satisfaction is. of eating that eclair. Yeah, like, this is the this is the melted dairy milk. Yeah. <laughs> All the work that we put into that eclair and now, like, and it's, yeah, for like and 30 seconds of pleasure, but like, it's, yeah. Yeah, but it is worth it, like, yeah, isn't it? You know, totally. and, and it's the same with the drive. You know, you drive two hours and then you drive two hours back, but you've had an hour and a half on stage and it's like, that yeah. was, that was Absolutely. Really you know? Were you the funny kid in the family home in school? No. Oh, God, no. No, I wasn't. <laughs> I really wasn't. So Can't what was that enough? What was your role in in the family home? Like, oh, what God, was your the family? What home, was Young Garrod like? Young Garrod was very quiet. Right. Okay. I mean, introvert. He, oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, intro- <laughs> <laughs> introvert. But I always felt I deserved to be an extrovert. Okay. You know, I was one of those kids that was like, I have a lot going on, and if I could just let it out, but I, I never could. Like, um. But I. Yeah. I mean, my sisters. 
even if you like if you met them now they're very very funny right like they're really like characters yeah really funny like one of my <laughs> one of my sisters does amazing impressions okay like she's just the most inappropriate impressions but hilarious <laughs> like and also she's really really deadpan like she she was training to be a nurse and i remember the stories that she would tell like she would just say them so evenly and so quietly and like this is kind of what happened so it wasn't a great day and <laughs> but the stories were absolutely horrific, horrific. absolutely <laughs> she like she is absolutely hilarious my my other sister as well the one closest to me is just doesn't give a shit wow. like she would say anything to anyone and she will back it up and she has no respect for authority and she's and she's really really funny and then uh, the one in the middle, I think, was quite quiet as well growing up. But she was, um, yeah, she was just, she's really, really hilarious. Like, she okay. has this real, um, the minutia of people. I, I really identify with that. She really spots the thing that right. makes the character t- tick. Okay, okay. You know, and then there's my, there's um, Jenny, who's my cousin, but uh, well, my actual sister. But, like, she, she came into the family and I think gave the girls a bit of class. she really did but i as a child like i was uh i was very quiet right yeah so quiet um and i was very like i think it was the gay thing you know in school i like i like i was good at i I was good at school because i worked hard but i didn't ever it wasn't amazing okay what i mean like i think i could have a points kind of shoot (laughs) (laughs) i think i very easily like if i took my foot off the pedal even remotely I would have been a moron. Okay. You know, that sort of yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I would have been like, yeah. nah, nah. I just didn't, um, like, I, I worked hard, but it never really clicked, I don't think. In your generation of when, like, when you were coming up, growing up in Glass Lemon slash Fingless. <laughs> school and Fingless. Being in school and Fingless. Being gay, um, that that leads a lot into the interview. You know from a very young age that you're different to all the other kids. Yeah. And and is that is that part of what what is going on that makes you kind of go keep to yourself a little bit more? Um, I think. Well, I was bullied very badly at school. Right um, in secondary school or no both? primary oh, school? Primary, okay. Yeah, the end of primary Goodness. school it, for the last two years of primary school, I was like very badly bullied. Uh, so much so that they, I wasn't allowed to go to the yard anymore. They made me work in the library. Oh my god! At lunchtime, like it was horrendous. When like looking back, I mean, I do you know? I mean, I can see. I can see the thinking <laughs> behind the, the whole thing. Not be, no, not the end. <laughs> right, sorry. <laughs> I'm not that I, old. I, 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 thought, I, thought, I could see why I, they wanted was to annoying. slap the shit out of me. I was annoying. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I can, I can see the teachers thinking, okay, this, it was wildfire. Like it was, it was like, it was like bullying went viral, to be honest with you. Okay. Is what it was like. Because, and there was no way to control it. So I think the teachers thought if we take him out of the situation, it'll go away. Right. I think that was their thinking. Yeah. So they put me working in the library. And the bullying, when you say it was viral, it was the the bullying in the school was like, was Yeah, I got the crap kicked out of me a lot. Jesus. And and I do remember, I remember one time when my dad was in with the school principal and it was just before my brother was born. And I remember the principal saying, oh, don't worry, it'll make a man of him. And I remember thinking... This is horrific. A 10 or whatever you would Yeah, been. and it's really weird because at the time, all of my memories of that were me being really, I, I felt I was the adult. Right. You know, like I was, I felt, I felt like I was a grown up back then. I think it was maybe because there was so many coming up behind me. 
Yeah. So I am... Um, Being the eldest in the family. Yeah, I think it, it just kind of clicked into that, well, I'm, I'm the big boy. Um, and it was only recently when my nephew turned 10 and I was just like, he is a baby. Yeah. Like, he's a baby. And um, and I remember thinking at the time, God, I, I, had, I felt afterwards I had to keep it to myself. So when I moved schools, I wasn't allowed to go to the school that all my friends were going. I had to go to a different secondary school to get away from it and all that. Um, and when it did start up again, I remember thinking, oh, I have to keep all this to myself because I don't want to be... I felt I was the problem, you know, so I didn't tell my parents. And I, then I just had years of just being this really quiet kid. So it starts up in secondary school again and you didn't want to burden other people with... Yeah, that was kind of the way it worked. And that, like, it sounds so ludicrous now, like, but it really made sense to me at the time because if I was just like, if I just keep my head down... But it continued for years. And then there is a point when... I know they say, like, don't victim blame, but there is a point that you, I think, take that role on. Like, where you're like, I'm a total victim and every situation you go into... it Like, it took me a while to get out of that. Like, even right. when I left school, I remember... I got mugged a lot. Like, oh my god! Just because, but I, like, it was when I was in college, and I remember it was. This is because at the time I didn't understand it, but mm. looking back, I was the person that was almost trying to be invisible. So if I was walking in the street, if somebody said "boo" to me, I would literally f- almost fall on the ground. Okay, you know, so you, you so you're trying I, to hide from everybody else all the time. Yeah, so right. I felt I felt that like every dickhead that was looking to give someone a punch. I was I was a really good target. You're like a magnet I, to like them. I was I literally, yeah, I, I I attracted them. So it took me a while to go. Like I, I definitely had these times when I would think, oh, if I just don't go outside ever again, <laughs> 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 then it'll be fine. It'll be right, grand. It'll be grand. So I think in my early twenties, then it took me. I had to kind of reset that. Of course. So, uh, yeah. And did and what is it that? Did they pick on you because they saw there was something different about you because you were gay, do you think? Oh, yeah, it was, to- it was gay bashing. Like, it right. was total, Goodness like, me. you know. Um, like, I mean, the fir- my first year of college, I remember I got beaten up nine times, which was like... In third level education? First year, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. I don't know. Fucking hell. <laughs> but, like, um, but then, you, but, like, you... Uh, there comes a point then, I think, where your brain goes, okay, so whatever you're doing isn't working anymore. Hmm. It's, it doesn't work. Right. So, so change it. Like Okay. And I think that that's some survival instinct kicks in or I don't know. How did you, how did you compute all that when, you, when you're coming up from, from as young as 10 being bullied all the way through your teenage years? Are you also at the same time in your head going, um, it's because I'm gay, it's because I'm different? Yeah, you see, I think what happened there is, and I think, I didn't come out till I was about 19 and I think I had this thing going on in my head where I was like, I think I could be gay. And I was like, no, no, no. At 19, you started to have it. Sorry. Uh, 18, 19, very late. Like, and I remember thinking, no, no, that can't be true because then it was just like this thing. It was like, like an error actually in in a computer program. It was just like, everything stopped. It was like, no, that can't be right because if that's right, then they're all right because they've been saying you were gay for years. And I was like, I'm not, you know. Right. So I think it just, it just delayed everything. Hmm. Like, because you just go, oh no, well, they're not right. Like, surely they can't be right. You know, it just, it took ages to kind of put all that together in my brain to go, yeah, you are gay, but they're dicks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, so like, it's, go, it's nearly overwhelming. Yeah. yeah, it's just too overwhelming. There's so much stuff to compute there that yeah, yeah. comes to terms so. with your own sexuality is a difficult thing in a culture that doesn't necessarily accept it. But then 
also to compute why other people are assholes as well. Is yeah, how exactly. Like, and, and that's the thing that you have to you have to factor in. It's not even homophobia. Some people are just dicks. Like, some yeah. people are awful. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it just took ages to process all of that, and I think that's where comedy came came in. Like, I know it's the long way around to comedy, <laughs> but I think that then I, like, I remember doing a musical for the first time. Right. And I remember being like. There's other gay people in the world. <laughs> so, yeah, I was going to ask you that. So, all, the, all those years when you're getting bullied, you haven't met anybody that you've got something in common with or that you think no. is good. No. Right. Now, the, the one thing that did happen was one of my best friends in school uh, is gay. Right. And it took, um, like, there was kind of three of us, me, John and Kev. Uh, and John's gay. Uh, and we're still really good mates. And... Um, but it took, like, I mean, God, I was 23 before me and John came out to each other. Oh, really? Goodness. Yeah, it took a long, long time. So he's like, going to his own struggle. Because he was, he, like, well, he went to the same school as me. So we, we kind of had a similar journey, I suppose. Yeah. You know, we, we were surrounded by the same assholes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, so. Have you seen any of those guys in your adult life? Once or twice they pop up, yeah. I went to a school reunion once with seven people. There was only seven people turned up. I, w- I went and one of my friends, Kev, came with me and he was like, you should really go to this like because, okay. like, fuck them. You okay. know? And I was like, okay, I'm going to go. And I went and we we were here and we drank like, <laughs> I was pretty like well on. I, I, I had half a bottle of Bailey, Stephen. <laughs> I, <was> like, <laughs> I am good to go. Oh, I could where be are they, you bastards? <laughs> but I went and I remember um, I was doing stand up and I was doing okay at the time like I'd done a few telly things and stuff uh-huh. and I remember one guy saying to me at it he was like oh yeah you know there was a couple of times I felt really bad actually about kicking the shit out about, of you yeah <laughs> and uh, he was like you know saying you were gay and then I found out you were gay and I was like phew <laughs> it's just the logic lovely, that's lo- amazing logic it's lovely to meet you oh my <laughs> I hope, god I hope this has helped <laughs> oh my god and then like other times like every so often I get it you get something to the Facebook page where it's like, I don't know if you remember me. It's like, I do block. <laughs> right. I'm not here to offer you any forgiveness or, you know, okay, yeah. like if you're, if that's what you're here for. It's too much to do. And they, they do go like, I've really started to feel bad about it. And it's like, I'm not the person that's going to yeah. make that better for you. Okay. You're going to have to just take that somewhere else. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. that's not my job. Like, yeah. Um, but I, yeah, very, very rarely like it comes up. Like wow. the, I've, I don't, I don't, I tend not to do anything over that side either, and I don't live there anymore. And you know, your parents aren't there anymore either. Are no, they? they are, they are there. Right. Yeah, but I, I just, um, I just go from the car to the door. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so, was musicals the start of your beginning to? Because actually, I know as it used to, you were quite involved with the church as well, weren't you? And you kind of uh, were you in the singing group as well? Yeah, I was actually. Yeah. I was the leader of the parish folk group. I know. How was I not the cool guy? <laughs> this Why are you doesn't make guys? sense. <laughs> and I was like, I wasn't that I was really religious. I just it was um, the thing about that. I think was I mean there were lovely people in the folk group, like really really nice. And one of my I, I met a couple of really good friends through it. Like, um, and I used to play guitar. I didn't play guitar in the folk group, but I played guitar at home because yeah. I never had the confidence to play public <laughs> but um and i but then i remember when i took over as the leader it was I used to work out the harmonies and all that sort of stuff goodness right so for for just for a couple of years i did that but i mean i shouldn't really have been doing that you know Why? i was 20 i was in college right and it was saturday night mass <laughs> and i was like 
you should be out shagging Garoud like this. Is, <laughs> looking back, that's what I, you know. But I was like, this was just a really good, you know. And and none of, I wasn't particularly religious and my friends weren't particularly religious, but, but we were all in it. And then on Saturday nights, we would go, we would rehearse with the kids for an hour. Right. Do it. And then go and get Chinese in someone's house and... But, it, we but really, that was your community at the time, I assume. Like. It was, yeah, but it was, it, like, and John would even say it at the time, we were all hiding, like. Okay. You know, and I think it was just the time in Ireland, like, how do you even start to come out? Like, oh God, I, I'm I so imagine. jealous, like. Yeah. <laughs> I am I've no so <laughs> jealous of kids that are, like, 16, and they're like, I'm a unicorn, I'm gender yeah, fluid, and you're like, yeah, yeah. Fuck you're off. amazing, like, well, <laughs> <laughs> like. Yeah. God, it's yeah, yeah. It's it was com- a different time, like yeah, really was. Unfortunately, it's not even that long, t- that long ago. But no, how things not, have no, changed. Like, all, even like, the last ten years, how things have changed so much. It's- yeah, they, well, they have changed and they haven't. And I think that there's a there's an element of, uh, I think that it's not take don't let's not take our eyes off the prize here because yeah. things could it feels like things could turn on mm. the blink of an eye. I was actually just listening this morning. They were talking about Cabaret, the movie on the radio. Yeah. About how, you know, in between World War One and World War Two, Germany was this liberal society, and you could be gay, you could be anything you wanted. And then Hitler came along, and was like, actually, uh, kill them all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, so okay. it's just like, let's not get too comfortable. <laughs> yeah, let's not get too comfortable. The Nazis are coming to kill them. Yeah, at any you never know. <laughs> You'll be a Nazi under any scatter cushion. <laughs> so the the folk group into like musicals and stuff that was at the beginning of your performance uh, kind of yeah I mean I I always wanted to be an actor like that was that was what I really wanted you to do you kind of did do a bit of that as well yeah I you? did I did a good bit of it actually I did loads of theatre and uh, I did a couple of one man shows that were like story shows and character shows and stuff um, and is this in your time in college or is this after yeah this college? would have been after college and are you doing are you studying computers, computer science in college uh, no I what I did was I did business studies right and I left after three years because I, I, I didn't speak to another person for the three years of college. Like, I was wow, Mr. Like, very quiet. Uh, and after three years, I was like, yeah, not for me. Okay. So I left. I went back maybe five years later and I finished the degree. And then I uh, did Gaiety School of Acting and then I did a master's in theatre. So in that five-year gap, what are you doing? Um, I was working in an insurance company and I was doing wow. a lot of musicals. I was doing, oh God, I did tons of musicals. I had a ball. Like I mean, I really had a ball. Like, I had I just. had very brief, uh, in, uh, not encounters the wrong word, experience with musical the the teachers musical society. I think. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I I did it for a couple of weeks. I was actually that's kind of how I ended up in acting. I did like somebody just roped me into it. I didn't end up lasting and doing the production. I just did a few rehearsals. But man, those guys have fun. oh you have to work and you have to work. Oh my god, work your ass off. Yeah, it's really difficult. And I was obviously just doing chorus stuff or whatever. But it's hard. Oh, work. it's hard work. And even like. Core, like the choreography yes in the chorus was I just I did, I did Copacabana <laughs> and I remember once there was a song in it called Dancing Fool and I remember the choreographer one time it was a Sunday and we went in there at 10 o'clock in the morning and we'd, we'd learned it and it, she just made us do it flat out for I'd say five hours right so it was just literally on repeat and the, it was the one we were it nearly killed us like, sick of her <laughs> yeah but we were like it was, it, everyone was just so committed. Like, that's the yeah. thing. I think in those amateur scenes, people are so committed yeah. and they give everything. To, I agree. I agree. And it's, and it's, and it's so much more fun in, in, than oh, the professional completely. world. And the standard, like, yeah. there's so many, uh, particularly because there isn't a musical theatre scene in Ireland. Yeah. There, like, there isn't a professional scene. Yeah. Everything that comes in is, 
it's touring UK shows. Yeah. You know, so there was, oh, we had a ball. Like, and we used to go to Waterford each year, play the Theatre Royal for the Waterford Festival. Wow. It was amazing. Yeah. We had a great, I had a great five years. So five yeah. years of doing, of doing musicals and all that, that leads into acting then? Yeah, I did a, I did a bit of acting. Like I did, a, I, that, I did a lot of plays then. Right. I got serious. Okay. Yeah, there was no more singing and dancing. And then, yeah. Full on in character and yeah, scene. But m- like the misery associated with that. Yeah, tell me about I it. I mean, and directors that want you to... Do weird shit. It's like, yeah, this is going to like fuck you up for about six weeks, yeah. but this is what we're going to do. But we got the You're scene. Like, no, yeah, actually, yeah. no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I remember I had to get in, I, I was playing this child that had been abused like... God. It was horrible. Yeah. And I remember, like, they wanted tears and they wanted all this stuff. And I was like, jeez, this is, like... Too much. This is rough going. And then, like, on night two of the show, because this was all through rehearsals where they do, you know, workshops about X, Y, and... Oh, God, it was horrible. And then on night two, I was just like, oh, wait a second. If I just put Vaseline... Or not Vaseline, uh, Vicks. If I just put Vicks under <laughs> I my nose... I wondering where you are going there. That's, that, that's the, yeah, it's going to make you cry. you're going to cry. It's like... So, so you kind of tricked it in the scene and kind of ended up putting completely. Your, yeah. That's what I did. I just had like a little on my thumb, a little robe of um of Vicks, and when it came to the bit I had to cry, I just go like that, like <laughs> ball, and the director was like, "Oh my gosh, like you've really nailed it." I was like, "Yeah, so fucking right, I've nailed it." That from him? <laughs> yeah, of course I did. <laughs> that was a bit, they just want to know what something looks like. I was like, "Yeah, yeah, of course." Like, of course, there was loads of tears. Like, there was a oh, chunk of Vicks up my nose. <laughs> Garrett is really nailing this. <laughs> yeah, it's the like he's really, he's really gone there. He's like, like the emotional memory, like he's just dealing with it. But <laughs> it goes to show you that you did like it, that that isn't necessary. Yeah, because it's called acting. Yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> it's pretending. You don't yeah. have to be in pain. Just pretend you are. <laughs> and was that, so was that, did you do like drama, proper drama school for X amount of time? I or? did Gaiety School of Acting. Right. For uh, the performance year or two years or whatever it is. Okay. You do, uh, at night. Is that full on, full time doing that? Or uh, night? No, it was okay. just at night. It was like three nights a week. That's pretty exhausting. Yeah, it was, it was. And then when I, when I did that, I was like, you know what, let's just do the masters and get, so I could teach or if I wanted to. I never did though, but, um, right. so I just did a, a drama masters. Um, and, but then to be honest, that was when stand up came along and that was the point when I was like, ah, I'm done. With the acting thing, yeah. Well, I, I felt like I'm actually sick of I'm sick of doing all this stuff in the evenings. I've been tired and mm-hmm. never really having a life, and yeah. you know, and even a relationship. And mm-hmm. I was like, actually, you know. So uh, when I when I started doing stand up, it was like, ah, oh, no, I'm not getting into this. <laughs> really? <laughs> oh no way! Right? Like it's because even the life, you're just like, no, well, no way. I've got a nice cushy nine to five job, yeah. flexi time. It's like, no, I was just having a laugh and thanks, but. You yeah, know, your grant. Thanks, but you're all right. Yeah. yeah. So, where do you? How did you get into that? Do you remember your first gig? Yeah, I, I did character stuff for a while, like okay. just like stuff I've been doing, and and it was dreadful. <laughs> like my like my worst nightmare is that somebody has a video of that stuff. Oh really? Yeah, like because it was just dog shit. Like it was absolutely. <laughs> what kind of characters were you doing? Oh God, there was uh, Lionel, who was like a camp actor, right? Uh, there was then Father Frank, the straight talking agony priest. <laughs> like terrible. Wow. Like a comedy priest. Yeah. You know, yeah. oh, that's never been done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was around the 95 year or whatever, 96. <laughs> yeah. But it, um, yeah, I mean, and I suppose, yeah, it's worked out definitely. But um, where did, so where did that all start? Was that in the comedy center in the international back? In yeah, the day, it was or? kind of halfpenny battle of the okay, acts, right. that sort of stuff. Um, and I, I was just knocking around for a while, and then I, 
then well, I gave it up. I gave that up. And then I did, I had one gig left. Simon O'Keefe, I had one gig with oh, really? Capital Comedy. And he sent me a MySpace, as it was back oh in the day. God. And was like, do you, do you want to do this gig? Or, and I was like, okay, I suppose I'll do one last one. No way. And then I just went and did it. But I was like, I'm not doing those characters because they were crap. Like, So I was okay. like, if it's my last gig, I'll just do something else. Right. So I was like, I'll just do stand-up. Why don't I do stand-up? So you just went and wrote jokes? Cause, uh, yeah, and- yeah. I spent the whole weekend writing jokes. Because you... So were you writing jokes for the characters or were you kind of doing like scenes? Yeah, they were, they were, no, they were just like, the characters were like stand up as characters. Okay, yeah. So, um, I just, but it was all muck, so I just dumped it all. And then I wrote this stuff. Like, obviously I had in my head, I would go, I would do maybe more than that. But at the time I was like, nah, just do this. No, I just, you know, just writing a few jokes. It'd be a bit of crack. Yeah. And then did it. And it went well. And then it was just literally, I was always doing my last gig for about two years. Because someone would be like, do you want to do this? And I'd go, oh, yeah, I'll do that. Right. Yeah. Okay. It's kind of, yeah. And That's I, mad. I didn't know, I did not know that Simon plays a role like that. I know. Like, yeah. Crazy. And it's, Maybe it's, he doesn't even know. Does it's he? probably really annoying, actually. I think it's a really annoying story because like, I, I don't think that I was particularly, well, I mean, I don't think I was particularly hard working. But at the same time, I always made sure I knew my stuff and I'd written stuff and I'd, you know, I, I think coming from a theatre background where you, yeah. you know the way the amount of rehearsals that goes into that. That's whereas true, like yeah. I would do two or three hours for a gig. And, and people, and people think. And nail it. Yeah. But not feel like, oh, I haven't done anything really because normally you'd rehearse for four weeks. Yeah, but, yeah. But then who does three hours rehearsal for a gig? Like, no, but nobody does that in, in stand-up really, do they? Like, no. I don't, no. But do you then, still, do you still, because you, you definitely have a, work ethic of like the amount of times I meet you and you're just I'm just trying out some new stuff here and like you're trying a new 20 and I'm like what the fuck where's he getting this 20 from like you do kind of tend to turn it over pretty quickly yeah well I tend to write big chunks and I I I tend to then leave it until I have a load of stuff to try out I don't know why that is actually because it's so much easier to go in and go I've got like one new bit right but I think with me it's just like no I, I, I just like to have a bit of a bit of meat because my, yeah. like, my favourite gig in the world is when you're doing new stuff and I don't care how it goes like yeah. it's just you know obviously you have the you get burned where it's like well that's <laughs> that yeah. is not what they're on that's board with that's not saying in the, in the, in the, <laughs> the list, we'll see of that yeah yeah um, but I yeah I like to I, I tend to write an awful lot of stuff and then but then I lose it like I mean, I write loads of stuff and then I just dump it into a box. There's a box in on, <laughs> like, there's a, bo- a spare room in there. Uh, and it's just sheets of paper in there. And then when I'm going to write a show or when I'm going to do a new material gig, I just pull out all the paper and go, oh, oh really? This? Yeah, yeah. So that's how you're working. You're, you're collecting. So you're writing all the time. You're collecting for yeah. your box, basically, filling up the box and then kind of going, pull it out and kind of go, right, what will I take? Yeah, from this because I, I think that the scariest thing about stand up is when you've got the blank page, you know? Yeah. So if I just have a few ideas, I'm like, just throw it all down. It, you know, not not spend any time on it, but just in a way that I'll remember what that was. Yeah. And then put it in the box. And then when there's a new material gig, it's like, okay, pull it all together. Now, what am I doing? So depending on, so whatever it is that you put, like that idea, that initial first kind of idea for a routine, or it might be a little bit more, it might be a page, for example. Yeah. Uh, and when you take it out, and you decide I've got a new material gig coming up I'm going to develop this into say for example 10 minutes what's the next part of that you just sit down with it and can I try work work out how can I extend this how can I um yeah I mean I I try to learn what's on that page right 
even though that's not the way I'll say it, like even just learn the bullet points of yeah, it yeah. and go, okay, okay, I get what that is. And then sometimes I think, you know, do I have anything I can tag onto it from what already exists? Yeah. Or do I have anything in, in maybe the other notes that will just link it, just to help me, help me remember it? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and then when I've done that, I try to put it all on one piece of paper so that it's all like a spider chart or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then I condense it into, okay, a word for each of the bit of, what was originally a bit of paper. Okay. You know, so then I've gone on with a set list then. Because I'm fascinated with your process in particular because I've seen you go up on stage, do an hour and 20 minutes, and walk off stage and go, I didn't even do the show. <laughs> I know, yeah, that happens. So you like, see, yeah. You know, so like, like it's fat, because I mean, for those of you who don't know, as as, as a stand-up comedian, it's like, you know, I know people are terrified of doing stand-up comedy, but when you're starting out, to do five minutes is Mount Everest. And then when you manage to do five minutes, it's Mount Everest to do ten minutes. And then yeah, you move yeah. on ten to twenty, <laughs> it's just like, how would I ever do an hour? Like, it's this, it's this, you know, it's like flying to the moon. I don't know how I'm going to do this. But I've watched you so many times uh, walk uh, walk off stage after doing a massive show and you go, sure, I didn't even do what I was supposed to do there. I'm like, you just did an hour and 20. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you see, what happened is this year was a bit weird, actually, because I I toured this show before. Right. Right. So, uh, like, really long story short, I wrote a show last year, uh, the, the Home Truths mm-hmm. uh, show. I did that show. Then this year, I was writing a new show to tour and I was writing a lot so about... So when you say a new tour to... New, new, uh, show to tour it's for for your own tour for my own tour for like own, a new yeah. hour yeah. a new hour and a half or whatever to to, to do I, I normally go out between September and December yeah. and do some dates there 10, 12 um, and I'd written a lot of it uh, of the show and then realised I don't want to do this show mainly like not to have a sub story but my, one of my mates died yes so she'd been ill for a while yeah. and I wrote a show that was kind of uh, about science everything that's not science mm. and how it all links in together. Yeah. You know, and, and my other half is a, a scientist. And I'm just kind of, ah, whatever works. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but I, I felt, okay, this isn't the show to turn now because I'm too, I'm still, you know, it's still rough going because my friend it's, who lived three feet away died. Yeah. Um, it, so, it's still not over it, I suppose. And kind of takes yeah, it, and also it's like... It's, it's difficult. That, I think that comes from the whole thing of the way I write a show is I put everything in the box and it's just stuff that's going on for me. Yeah. You know, so if you're writing all the time, you're writing and then when you go, you're like, this is all a bit depressing, isn't it? <laughs> you know, even okay. though you're you're making stuff, even though it's funny, like, I mean, I tried it all in the international and it's clubby and it's gaggy. Yeah. But it's still about dark, like heavy themes. Of course, like, yeah. I'm not doing a show about this now. Yeah. <laughs> so you, I made, you've got to like, be ready for it, don't you? Yeah, I think so. And then I think as well, people go to comedy because they're on the other side of that. Yeah. You know, like people go like to comedy because they have a friend that's dying. Mm. So it's like, oh, we just paid in and we've listened to his friend who's yeah, dying. Yeah. Like, no, we're not, you know. So we would have paid for theatre if that's what. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Put the spotlight a bit tighter. Put the mic out of your hand and sit yeah. down there and cry. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> You know, yeah. that's not what we, you know. And I was just like, nah, that, I'm, not, I'm not doing that. Like, um, so that was kind of an executive decision. And I was like, okay, but I still need to do a tour. <laughs> yeah. So what I did was I toured in all of the places. I, I went to loads of places that I haven't gone to before. Right. Um, which worked out, was actually the, exactly the right thing to do. And I toured the previous show. And there was one or two uh, places that I had gone before and I was a bit nervous, which is where that hour and 20 
right. came from where oh, I was yeah, like, yeah. I need to do a different show. And okay. I need to, so I pulled other material together to do those dates. Um, but it was just a bit like, oh, I hope they didn't hear anything come and hear something they've heard before, but uh, they got an Aaron 20. Yeah, don't know it, was, what it was. It was a great show, yeah. yeah no, they, and, 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 and they loved it. It was a... Uh, it was amazing. So that was the tours that Garot has just, uh, I was going to say finished, but it's technically not finished. No, is there's it? still a few more. We're yes, going to go on the road in May again. Yeah, we're in May. Uh, yeah. Waterford and Ballymun and Cork. And Cork. Yeah. And a couple of others. Belfast. It's, uh, Belfast. Lisbon. Right. Yeah, there's a few, yeah. few left. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so look, the mortgage will be paid in June. Absolutely. Don't be worrying. <laughs> Don't be worrying about any of that kind of stuff. Good. Um, so you've, like, you've toured the country so many times. I, just, I, I kind of want to get back into the, 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 the acting into starting off in stand-up comedy as a person you must have changed a lot in that time that must change you from the guy who just came out of who got bullied in first year of college for example introvert yeah yeah not go like you must be changing as a character to the point where you're doing your open mic and then people are asking you come back and do this gig come back and do this gig yeah well i think because i wouldn't see you as an introverted person now in no real life. i mean i think no, i no i think i got my shit together like in my 20s right like towards the end of my 20s because i think that you well i mean it's a choice like i I think i I think at some point you come up to a choice where it's like i can uh continue on this path and we see how this has served me (laughs) (laughs) or you can go no i like you know just i mean it's it's so hard to talk about it in a way that's not a cliche you know okay because you, you feel it's like just be yourself <laughs> you know and that's just what it was it was just like you know what it's too hard to, to like it's too hard to be thinking of yourself in terms of what other people think yeah and i think because those param- they're like they are moving the goalposts the whole time yeah like if somebody says they hate x y and z and you go well they hate x y and z so i'm gonna be a b and c and then next time you come back and you reference x y and z with them and they're like i don't even remember talking about that and you're like i've actually based my life on what you you know yeah you can't do that like and i think that i never i I wouldn't consider myself a particularly confident person but i think that the courage or whatever it is that makes you do stand-up i think the the fuel for that was me going i actually don't care what people think okay you know and when you i think when you finally get to that bit you kind of go, oh, I can do whatever I want now. Like I can, and that, that, that becomes really heady, I think. And I think that a lot of people that were, um, like there's tons of people that were, have horrific bullying stories in comedy, you know? So I think that the, I think that it becomes one of those things, you know, what are you going to do? Are you going to do a bungee jump? Do you want to try stand up comedy? Mm, yeah. <laughs> you know, and I think that I, I definitely did change an awful lot in the space of about four years. And, and you stop putting up with a, like you stop taking shit. Like, yeah. You know, I mean, that's a big, like, that's a big life lesson. And you're never too old to learn that lesson, I think. Um, and I definitely think that that coincided with me doing stand-up. Because it was, you know, you've got so much power when you're doing stand-up. Yeah. Like, you don't feel like it, but you do. Like, for that hour and a half, you know, if somebody, you know, the person that, there's been so many times that somebody says something mean and I hammer them. You know, like, yeah. you just, like... We had one on the tour, didn't we? Someone had said. Yeah, something. there was one. Yeah, that was yeah. the guy. But that was the guy that came up afterwards and was like, uh, "Apologize." That was the guy. He said he called me a fag. Actually, that's right. And I was like, yeah. "Jesus, you expecting a club and not a tour show that they've, you know?" Yeah. But he was the one that came up afterwards and was all upset and was like, "Sorry, you didn't want to be that guy." And I was like, "Well, you are, and I can't yeah. absolve you." Yeah. So deal with deal with it. Deal <laughs> but with you're yourself, not you're yeah. not getting it. Oh, it's okay for me. 
mate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, so, um, but it's, yeah, you've got, but you've got that power. And even in that moment, I was able to go, like during the show. That's right. You were able to, I was able to was go like, after him. He was sliced fairly <laughs> yeah. <fucking> quickly <laughs> to the point, like, and, and funnily, and, and everyone was laughing as well pretty quickly as well, you know, you had complete control of that situation. Yeah, yeah. Well, you've got to get it back because they all pay, they didn't pay, <laughs> they didn't, <laughs> they didn't pay, pay in to see you, like, deal with your inner child. Like, <laughs> it's like, come on, make with the funnies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it's, uh, yeah, I mean, it, I, th- I think that sometimes you just, you get into something when you are in a transitional period and it just clicks and that's just what happened with me with stand-up. I was in a point where I felt confident and I felt a bit of, I was finally getting my act together in life, I think. Was it a way to express yourself as well? Was that oh, completely. Yeah. yeah, I mean, at the time as well, there was no, like, there was no other gay comedians, certainly not in the club scene in Ireland. Okay. Um, none at all, like. Mm. Um, so I kind of had a bit of a, I mean, that was just adding fuel to the, like, to, 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 to the the power, I suppose. Because you were, I was just like, there's nobody like me. I'm saying I'm gay, deal with it. Yeah. And also there's nobody else doing that. So, yeah. I mean, it just makes you feel. Great sense of pride, though, in that as well, surely. Yeah, I mean, definitely. I didn't feel it at the, like, at the time I, did, I didn't feel proud. I just felt, um, I just felt that this is, everything's snapping into place here. Mm-hmm. And not necessarily because I was doing comedy, but more about that I was the sort of person that could try comedy. Yeah. You know, if... if I, I that you had the confidence to just go... Yeah, and go, yeah. Like, like, well, if I want to try it, I can try it. Yeah. yeah, I've got... I felt that I've got the... I had the confidence to step outside the box a little bit. Fear and go, wasn't I'm, holding. I'm trying this. Yeah, yeah there was, wasn't I, I, I wasn't held back by it. Like, Yeah. Um, and I spent a long time, I suppose. Been. How does that influence the work you do as a stand-up comedian now that yeah, uh, your sexuality, because it's, you know... It's, Again, I I would have said now from from working with you that it's not a thing. Do you know what I mean? It's not like because some people make it a thing for you. For yeah, me yeah. Watching you, it's it's not your act. Do you know what I mean? No, no, no. It's no. not at yeah, all yeah. your act. No. And uh, and you don't really uh, allude to it. Although there is although there is one joke that it likes makes me laugh every time I hear it was the one about your dad and the jewelry. But I won't give that away. But, uh, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's um, but it, but it's not it's it, it's not your like to me. I just see you as a, as a stand up comedian. Do you does that um, is there an element in your work as a stand up comedian where you feel that you have to steer a certain way because you don't want to be seen as that, or you um, or you or you on the no, other side you want to represent I, gay community? It's weird because you like at the start, I suppose I was the thing was I'm I'm a gay I'm gay mm. actually. And, and usually there was never anybody on a lineup that was gay or that, you know. Yeah. So, so I was addressing with the, that. That's what I was dealing with. Like, right. and it, I needed to get it out to the audience really quick. I'm gay. So I could move on from it. And it was almost like you were accepting that this is a bit different. Right. Which was good, was grand. Um, and it, I think it got me a lot of attention. And I did a lot of telly. And every note I got on telly was just be a bit camper, just be you know. That, really? You know, yeah, there was a, there was one there was one show I did, and it was just like oh, just really like really just camp, and I was like, oh, it's not really. <laughs> but that's um, not even for is that for was that for acting or that was just for, no 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 that's that was, doing like your yeah. band shows or whatever like that. that yeah, it was well, yeah, it was one. It was a uh, yeah, it was a a panel show that I did a load of. Right. Um. Not not the panel. Yeah. yeah. Another. Panel. Okay. But like so. And I rapidly was like, ah, yeah, 
that's not me now. Okay, <laughs> because yeah. Because well, it's, it's too different to my normal personality. Yeah. Like, you know, so I'm just like, And you I'm, don't use that on, it's not even part of your on-stage persona either, is it really? No, no, so, not, no, not really. So no. then it really feels... I mean, I, I, I think I'm, I think there's an element of camp to it, but it's not... It's not that, it's not camp camp. It, yeah, yeah. It's it, not you know, the thing. Yeah, and I, I love camp. Don't get yeah. me wrong. Like I, you know, I, I really do. Um, I just don't. I just don't think I brush my hair enough to pull it off. To be honest, with you. <laughs> <laughs> if I had better hair, I <laughs> it would work for me. But um, the yeah. So I think I I had to go through another thing where I go. Okay, I I need to now move on from. Being gay is mad, isn't it? <laughs> you know, you have to, yeah. you, you know. Yeah. Because that's really dull. Like, that's... And also, now there's... You know, there, you could be on with three other gay comedians. Like, yeah. So, it's like, you know, get over that. So, I mean, now the only the only place it comes up is... I, I mentioned my boyfriend. Uh-huh. Like, that would be the starting point. Whereas before, I used to have to say, I'm gay, by the way. Oh, this is the, this is the difference between gay men and straight men, you know. Okay, and, yeah, and yeah. then it's like my boyfriend. So yeah. there was this strong lead in and give them loads of jokes and make them know you're a safe gay and yeah, yeah. you know. And I think that you that's gone. Like that's you don't. Do yeah, that it's at all. bullshit. Like uh, no interest in it. And I, the thing about it is, though, I think that is if you're a gay comedian and that's the way you want to go, uh, I think you will have every opportunity handed to you because I think that people like uh, they like it very clear. You know, don't be a comedian that happens to be gay. You be a gay comedian. Okay. You know, like, you know, you see it from, you, you know, um, I, I, I think mainstream Ireland and they want their gays very gay and they want their, you know, ah, I mean, I'm not going to well, like, you know what I mean? Well, even, like even, well, even just in, in terms of like, um, there's the whole thing with diversity going on at the moment, but there's an obsession with labeling, uh, Within that, so I I get the positivity with the uh, you know, uh, well for example, I mean this is another de- this is another debate, but I think it yeah it came up in yeah it came up in a court case there recently in uh, the UK uh, for a guy going into the police force, and it was it so turned out that he did not get into the police force because of positive discrimination, and he won a lot of money because wow. because you can't discriminate. Full stop. So there's, you know, so there's no positive discrimination. There's no oh, negative wow. discrimination. Discrimination is discrimination. Ireland? No, this is in the UK. Uh, oh, wow. Literally in the last couple of months, um, and so there is an element of of um, there's been a big. You, obviously, you want uh, as much diversity as you can get, but but it's if you start to label people as well, it becomes well, difficult. yeah. And then because you're a gay man, they're saying, oh, you have to be, you have to be camp, for example, or you have yeah. to be flamboyant or blah blah. But you can't just be, you know, some of the guys, some lads that I used to play football with are like, you know, taxi men, sovereign rings and mustaches and talking us a story there, but you know, but then they 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 love a, a romp with a lad in the back of the taxi <laughs> the weekend. Yeah. There's nothing flamboyant or gay or like about that, and you know. It's- you see, the thing about it is, though, with all those situations, like particularly with, um, I suppose, people who are producers or people who mm. are these people that have to answer yes. about the levels of diversity. Yeah. They're under pressure. Well, they're under pressure. They want it really clear, though. Yeah. They don't want, oh, uh, he's actually gay. Yeah. Y- y- you know, uh, they want the person that's like, he's definitely gay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's definitely yeah, gay. Like, yeah. just so everyone knows, I'm ticking a box here. Yeah. You know, so. Um, 
But there's a lot of work in that. <laughs> there's a lot of work, and and that maybe comes back into the thing of what you were saying when you were when you were younger, and you got to that point where you you thought, look, I can't be wasting my energy on what other people think of me. In the same yeah. way, in our industry, you kind of have to forget about that stuff. Oh yeah, I mean, you could way. actually go mad thinking of that stuff. And I think as well in comedy, I think I I think comedy though. Yeah, I think it's it's kind of it's been screwed up for a while. I think in Ireland because mm. the the scene froze and stuff like that, and you know. But I, I I think it is fair. Mm. To some extent, it is fair because I think that if you are somebody that just plows ahead and does your own thing, and they don't, you're not constantly looking for opportunities. You know, I think like telly and all of that—that's all distracting. Yeah, just feck all money in it. You know, if you are somebody that can just hammer it in the clubs mm. and then get yourself a tour show together. Yeah, you know, you you'll make money and you'll you know, and then it'll be. It'll be a case of you're big enough that they can't avoid you. you. Yeah, I you know? agree. I, I, if you're I, selling I, loads of tickets. That, like yeah. if you're selling loads of tickets around the country, and, you, and you're the comic, you want to be on the Late Late Show. Yeah. Well, then you go to them. You go look. I've sold twenty thousand tickets last year. Do you yeah. want to put me on, or do you want to not? Like yeah, and, yeah. And and you know that's. I think that's the way to do it because I think that. Um, I think it, it's they are all the things that you can control. You can write better jokes. You yes. can write longer shows, better shows. Make more people laugh. Yeah, yeah, and also, you get up in the morning and you're not waiting for the phone to ring. Yeah, because that's that's the the hard bit about acting is that you're you've no control over that. Mm. But you can get up and get into the spare room and write a show. Absolutely, yeah. You know, and that's I think the great thing about comedy. I would, yeah, yeah, that it's in your hands. That's definitely the thing. Yeah, I it love is, about and, it. and it's also the hard thing about it. <laughs> yeah, well. exactly. But but it's also it's the things you can control, and then people will. Like in in Ireland, like if if you are in the international and you're in there once a month and you are nailing it, yeah, people will hear about it. Yeah, of course they, of course they're going to hear yeah. about it. Like because all these TV shows and you know these festivals, they at the end of the day they do need to have brilliant acts on. Yeah, yeah. So just go be a brilliant act and you can control that. Like yeah, that's it is just it, work. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's a like I think it's Jimmy Carr calls it a meritocracy. It's like as in like you know, if you if you're putting the work in, you do tend to progress you know if you, you do yeah and it, and and there now there are exceptions to that, that there are people that you go what <laughs> they should be huge like yes of yeah you know there, there are people like that that's wrong like yeah yeah, and, yeah. you know and oh, I, I i'd say that about you garrod yeah <laughs> thank you Zing. no totally because like because when you know i th- i feel very lucky to to work to get to work with you to open with you but like to, i pick your brain all the time and we get to you know when i'm working for you i always think of like a you know i, I gotta make sure girls having a good time as well you know because i'm delighted to work for you oh, and God. to help you out in the shows because because it is the same like you've you're of the generation of like kevin bridges and sarah Millican. those were yeah, your peers yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, not, that's not like depressing. Not depo- <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty depressing. Thanks, Stephen. <laughs> but they would say the same thing about you. Do you know what I mean? And so, so you're, you're right in, in that sense. There is, there is that fine line of you will progress and you will be able to make a living like you are now. And then there's the other whatever X factor it is, or sometimes yeah, there is. And I, I mean, sometimes it's the brand needs to be right at a certain time. Yeah, completely. And I mean, I'm not I'm not saying that. I, like, I, I wasn't even referring to myself there, but I I feel like there are comics who are touring as much as me mm. um, and they're not, they're, you know, they're, they're, they're not getting the, some of the shots that I've got, you know, um, which is, which is unfair. And there's, oh, there's other people as good as me that aren't touring. Yeah. You know, so, um, 
yeah, I don't know what the answer is to that. Mm. But mostly it's a meritocracy. <laughs> it's just life, man, isn't it? Life's complicated. Yeah, I know. It's just you like, know, it's yeah, all... Yeah. Would, you, uh, would you go back to computer programming? Yeah. Really? Yeah, would you? You're joking. No, I'm not. Like, uh, like... I thought you were going to say you'd rather open a bakery. <laughs> I think you're going to make your million girl old and you're going to have an eclair shop. With dairy milk. Yeah, dairy milk. Um, and, and, and your manager's going to be going, um, those margins don't work, the dairy milk is too expensive. I'm like, just do it. Just do it. <laughs> it's called quality. It's the piece you can control. <laughs> it's um, No, I would. I mean, like, if I wasn't, if it got to the point where I just wasn't able to make money doing stand-up, it, you know, I don't... The one thing I don't need from stand-up is I don't need the ego. Okay. I don't need that thing uh, that some people love, and I get why they love it, Like, but I don't need the round of applause, can have that, you know, that. VIP treatments, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean, it's not even VIP, like it's yeah. <laughs> studios and art centres. <laughs> like, but it's, I, I, I don't need... You don't need the applause is what you're yeah, saying. I, I, you don't need the adoration. I, I, well, I, well, I was... It's not even adoration. I think it's just that I don't identify with it. I don't think it makes up as much of my identi- of my identity as it does with some people. Like some people, you can see their DNA is yeah. comedian, you yeah. know. And I think I I just love it. Like, yeah. I absolutely love it. But when I stop loving it, uh, I don't think I'd miss it. Mm-hmm. You know. I mean, there's been times when I haven't done a gig for three weeks. Like it's rare, but there be times and I go, oh, didn't never even thought of it <laughs> like okay. wow. you know so yeah. i i do know that uh, you know that sounds really annoying uh, annoying myself saying that but yeah. i just know that i just know that if i had to go back to a job you would be, be totally grand yeah and also that that kind of frees you up a little bit because mm. when you come to the end of a show it's okay to be like i'm done I'm done. As opposed to, oh, right, what is it? What is it? Yeah. So you're grabbing at stuff and then yeah, yeah. you're like, you're it's not 20 minutes, but next. it's shite, but I need yeah, it. You know, yeah, but yeah. it's just like, uh, you're not going to be stressing out about it. Yeah. If I have to get a job, I get a job. But, but a show always comes along. Like, yeah. <laughs> thank God. <laughs> until it doesn't though. Until like the day when you go. But you've also uh, got uh, another show coming up that's in development at the moment. I know you can't talk too much about it, but you've written a TV show as well, which is pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, I've written it with um, my friend Kathleen O'Rourke, who is uh, uh, Brit- like brilliant comedy writer. Like she's just um, and we we've had we've written loads of things together. Okay, actually, we've written loads of sketches and stuff, and um, and we've always had this amazing time. Right, the writing process has never been hard for us, and okay. we always get it done quickly and it's always really we're always very happy with it because i've written stuff with other people before where you come in and go that's okay it's okay you know it's um and, and writing there. partnerships are hard but we have great chemistry okay. and we really we really get what each other brings to the table with that right. stuff. um and she is uh, like i have this impulse to go just word count and uh, and she's like no hold on hold on okay you know we've oh, okay we've written two scenes but no we're changing this because it's better so dump them. Like she's really okay. Doesn't hold on to stuff. I think that's really important. I that's think great, in comedy yeah. because you have to trust. Trust is going to be more stuff in the well. Um, yeah. So we've written it. it. It's it's something that we wrote for radio originally uh, for here, and then it didn't go. And then it, we, it for a really stupid reason. I can't wait to tell that story at some point. But <laughs> but it didn't go anyway. And then it, the script went to the BBC, and they just contacted us and said they loved it and wanted to meet us and uh, we were very 
going, what? I didn't even know we went to the BBC. It was just the whole, we didn't know what we were doing, to be honest. Yeah. We were like, oh, we just go to London. Right? We went to London and we had a meeting with them and then they were like, guys, we love it. We want it for telly. So we were just like, oh, telly, of course, yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. that's what we were thinking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what we were thinking. Yeah. So, can you give us a brief synopsis of what the show was? No, about? well, can't really. Oh, can't it's all, uh, yeah, but top it's, secret. It's all kind of top secret, but it's, but it's um, funny. Yeah, it is. I mean, I, I do really like. It. I'm not going to be like if it. Well, I mean, if it gets made, like Knockwood. Yeah. Uh, I don't. I won't be in it or anything like that. Okay. Like we're we're just writing it. Um, and yeah, I mean, so the development process is so long. You know that. I haven't even looked at it. I read it during the week because we've written about five of them um, and I read it during the week and we, because we had to have a meeting and I was just so surprised. I was like, oh, this is really funny <laughs> because all you do when you've written it, like you put it away and then you go, yeah. all you remember are the it. bits that you're not happy with. Like, and yeah. I read it and I was like, oh, that's good. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I mean, it's been in development though for uh, a year and a bit now at this point. So at some point we'll get a, Hopefully we'll see a green light or a shut door or a shut. (laughs) Well, listen, if we don't, if it's not a TV show, we'll have a, it'll definitely be a bakery or you'll be back in computer programming. (laughs) Maybe you'll, you will write a TV show about baking one day. Um, do you want to plug some of your shows? Your, your tours? We're, we're going back on the road in May. We're going back on the road. You and me, Steve-O. Cork, uh, Waterford. Cork, Waterford. Belfast. Belfast. Ballymun. Ballymun. Lisburn. Lisburn. Lovely. Yeah, and then this weekend I'm in Edinburgh, Newcastle. Oh, that's right, Jess. Yeah. Are you doing your show in Edinburgh, Newcastle? Yeah. In The Stand, isn't it? Uh, yes. Amazing. Stand. Yeah. And you're going to Edinburgh as well? Yeah, I'll be at the Edinburgh. With a new yeah. show? No. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Fuck <yeah>. that. <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> but, uh, well, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll be announcing all that stuff uh, shortly, but yeah. we're going to be And Edinburgh. my dream one day, one day, Steve, yeah. I'll be... Stop, I know he's going to <laughs> To bring a support act. <laughs> <laughs> we could stay somewhere. Absolutely. Imagine, imagine what that would be like. We'll have, we'll have a, in a nice hotel. We'll have a weekend in London just for our Christmas too. <laughs> I know, wouldn't that be nice? Here's the scene in the O2 soon, Garrod. Oh, yeah. Thanks so much Watching for coming. Watching somebody else. Thanks for, I was going to say thanks so much for coming over. Thanks for having me. Thanks for the eclairs. Thanks for the lols. See <laughs> <laughs> Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. 
If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.